There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through Matrix on September the 25th, 2013. I always suggest newcomers to the broadcast look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help themselves to the audios which are there for free download. There's well over a thousand, maybe a thousand and a half of them, where I go through the system we're born into. And it truly is a uh, and I need all the uh, palaver, if you might say, the, the, the excess speech and nonsense and trivia and, and distractions of media, because media is part of the control mechanism, of course. Uh, there's a one system running the whole world right now, and it's been running it for a long time. The 20th century uh, was used to standardize a lot of countries into the same one system with the World Bank at the top, Bank for International Settlements, even above that and uh, the IMF, and, and so on, and so on, and so on. So uh, the big bankers, of course, 100 years ago, set up this system to bring in their system. And, of course, it's been done very quietly at times, and other times in times of crisis, they use wars to do things. And, uh, and they decided that they'd bring in a new system altogether and run the world properly. Uh, and properly means basically they would run the politicians quite openly. It's very open, in fact, because their own clubs, their own private clubs, um, historian Professor Carl Quigley, who was a historian for the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, uh, he said that uh, there hasn't been a president or a prime minister uh, elected for uh, 60 years, that was back in the 1960s he said that there wasn't a member of this particular club it doesn't matter about the guys down below it's only important you get the guys at the top of the parties and they're all members, that's the way it is folks so they have a, a plan of course for the world to run it properly as I say, and gradually train you into authoritarianism the club of Rome, that's also a think tank one of the many think tanks these, these private clubs came up out in the 70s and said that democracy would never work. Too cumbersome, too many conflicting pressure groups and parties all wanting things for themselves. And they wanted to get the big, big job done of globalization and the new system uh, to, to be brought in. So they uh, would bring an authoritarian system. The best way to do it is through perpetual war on terror, naturally to keep you safe and strip your rights away at the same time. Most folk have adapted into it rather quickly, as has happened in the recent years. And uh, and they've got further to go from this. But at the moment, we're going through the last few wars to standardize the world, to make uh, countries that are not in debt to the IMF and World Bank, uh, to bring in private central banks and so on. And of course, at the same time, be looted by the same group that gave you this global society in the first place, the ones that run the money. So help yourself to all the, the audios. Remember, two of the sites listed have uh, transcripts or prints up in English. And if you go into Alan Watts Sentient, sentinel.eu, you can get transcripts in other languages or the, some of the talks I've given over the years. But most folk never catch on. They never catch on to what's really happening. They get caught up in the news. 
And news doesn't mean truth to them. It's, it's, a, it's a word. It's new. Whatever's new it could, could be any story at all. That's why it's called stories, news stories, you see. It's like history. It's the guy at the top that after the battles are won, he writes them for the king and writes his story. That's why I get history. So news is just the same, you see. News is just something new for us to prattle on about or distract us or even lie to us directly because um, news doesn't have to contain any truth. Legally, by the way, there have been all the Supreme Court in the U.S. And the judge said that the news doesn't have to tell truth. It's just nothing to do with it. It's just news. So anyway, you can do that. Remember, too, that you bring me to you. I don't bring on advertisers as sponsors. I don't sell lots of products and so on. All I have is books and discs at cuttingthroughmedias.com. And this keeps me kind of clean, you might say. And no one can kind of lean on you and uh, and use you and push you and so on. Uh, so therefore, if you want to keep me ticking along here, you could help me by supporting me, buying the books and discs there at thecuttingthroughmedias.com. From US to Canada, remember, you can still use personal checks to order. You can also use international postal money orders from the post office. You can send cash or use PayPal across the world. You get Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And straight donations are seriously welcome as we go through the planned inflation for the next umpteen years. But um, I generally take what things, which subjects, which people just take for granted simply because they exist, and like like banking systems or even money for that matter. And things like that. And uh, just point out the absurdity of, of how we're told they all basically run, all this kind of system runs. Whenever you, let's say, find that uh, a science is made out of, uh, and a degree is made out of counting, uh, there's a con going on because everyone can count folks and subtract. So it's rather simple. But when they take all your cash, which it just represents your labor, that's all it does, your paid tokens, Money is just talking, do you understand? And then they put it into this big casino, which the same big boys own, the casino. It's all rigged, the stock market, and, and toss it all around with a rip off uh, millions again. It, it's, it's quite a system, and it's, and it's bizarre, and it's uh, so simple to understand for those who have never really um, been conned into studying economics. But uh, it's very simple to understand. And, and even Lord Rothschild, the first one that moved into Britain, when he was asked about... Uh, uh, the, the con the, 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 of the stock market there with the Bank of England, he said that uh, very few folk would figure it out. The ones who would figure it out were the ones who were working in the system as chartered accountants, etc. In other words, they were profiting from it themselves, and they're not likely to, to let the cons uh, get loose to the public, how it's all done. And nothing's changed today. Wars have gone on and been forced on by those who already controlled the banking systems of, of different countries as they move from empire to empire and, you know, destroy the old empires by simply moving up with their cash and then into new empires and using them to expand the empires. And the U.S. is being used right now. And, of course, they'll be left with nothing but debt, the actual people, that is. They'll be left with nothing but, but debt. Now, we've seen this farce, too, where... Uh, the banks, every twice, twice a century, at least, at least twice a century, they, they plunder the public, uh, via the governments. The government's just the, the, the butler, basically, uh, for big bankers. That's what the butler, the butler does. They say yes, sir, and no, sir, and they pass bills to make things law, like making you take vaccinations, things like that. 
and and so on. Or, or, or like the US mandating that you must use uh, Obamacare, a government-ordered uh, system that run by private insurance. So uh, th- that's what government's there for, you see, today. It's been that way for a long time, in fact. Most folk just simply didn't know it. And we take things so much for granted because we're born into the system and most of the stuff's already existing around us. Without, so we don't question it at all. Your parents don't know to question it. They accepted it too. So, um, we find that the coin goes on. Now, after the last plundering of the public and, and getting awfully well rewarded for it too by the public once again, you find that they set up all these new uh, supposed laws so that uh, the next time the, the, the public won't have to bail about big banks, you see. Which is not true, they still will do it. But they also want to steal uh, the depositors' money as well. And that's called bail-ins, you see. And we find that Iceland, it says in this article, Iceland now borrows European templates. The plan, in other words, was, was decided that the Bank for International Settlements and the World Bank, all countries have agreed to, to use this one system. And I think it kicks in uh, in some countries in Canada, including 2015. But it says Iceland borrows a European template and removes large deposit guarantees from the banks, it says. So says, following the crisis in October 2008, Iceland's government declared all deposits in domestic financial institutions were blanket guaranteed, which is an emergency act that was reaffirmed twice since. Well, I'll continue with this because there's a couple articles on the same thing. Folk don't know they're getting ready for the same thing again. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, talking about the banking system. And of course, they're, they're getting ready down the road to give everyone haircuts. Again, it must be the new fashion, I guess. Uh, and we'll have haircuts and be dead broke as they steal your cash, if it's in the banks, that is. And they made a law so they can do it legally. So you see, everything's legal if it's passed in law. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong or whatever. It just it means it's legal. And lots of things have happened like that. But it's just following the, the, the crisis in October 2008, Iceland's government declared all deposits in domestic financial institutions were blanket guaranteed. I mean, all of them were guaranteed. An emergency act that was reaffirmed twice since. It says, however, according to RUV, the finance minister is proposing to restrict this guarantee to only deposits less than Euro 100,000. While some might see the removal of an emergency measure as a positive, it is of course sadly reminiscent of the European Union templates to haircut large depositors. It's not European Union, it's the whole world, folks, because they've done it. Uh, they've done it in Australia, Canada signed on to it, they've all signed on to it. And as I say, it kicks in in 2015. And it says here that the government will remove its blanket guarantee for large depositors. And it says the bill is currently in the process of finance, but the basis is very similar to the bill presented in Parliament in November 2010. And actually, this is older. This whole thing is older when we go into the history of these ideas for stealing depositors' money. This is not the first time they've discussed these things in tabled bills and so on. They keep things quiet until they need them, and then they scalp you. 
But anyway, there's also good ties in with this article. Cyprus-style wealth confiscation is now starting to happen all over the globe. So it's now that bail-ins have become accepted practice, and that's normalized now, and just quickly adapt just like that, you know. Uh, no bank account, no pension fund will ever be 100% safe again. In fact, Cyprus-style wealth confiscation is already starting to happen all around the world. As you'll read about below, private pension funds were just raided by the government in Poland, and a bail-in is being organized for one of the largest banks in Italy. Unfortunately, this is just the beginning. The precedent that was set in Cyprus is being used as a template for establishing bail-in procedures in New Zealand, Canada, and all over Europe. It's only a matter of time before we see this exact same type of thing happen in the U.S. as well. From now on, anyone that keeps a large amount of money in any single bank account or retirement fund is being incredibly foolish. And it says, let's take a look at the, a few of the examples of the Cyprus-style wealth confiscation. Poland, for years there have been rumours that someday the U.S. government would raid private pension funds. It says, well, in Poland that happened. According to Reuters, private pension funds were raided in order to reduce the size of the government debts. Well, governments are always going to be in debt because they just keep borrowing money from the private banks, don't they? And Poland said Wednesday it will transfer to the state many of the assets held by private pension funds, uh, uh, slashing public debt but putting in doubt the future of the multi-billion euro funds, many of them foreign-owned. The Polish government is doing the best it can to make this sound like some sort of complicated legal manoeuvre, but the truth is uh, what they have done is they've stolen private assets without giving any compensation in return. The Polish Pension Funds Organization said the changes uh, uh, may be unconstitutional because the government is taking private assets away from them without offering any compensation. Announcing the long-awaited overhaul of state-guaranteed pensions, Prime Minister Donald Tusk said private funds within the state-guaranteed system would have the bond holdings transferred to a state pension vehicle but keep their equity holdings. Said what remained in citizens' pension pots and the private funds would be gradually transferred into the state vehicle over the last 10 years before savers hit retirement age. Iceland is the one I just mentioned too. I'll put links up for that too. And it goes on to there. Then it says Europe, Europe's finance ministers have agreed on a plan that would make bail-in standard procedure for rescuing too big to fail banks in the future. The following is how CNN described the plan. European Union finance ministers approved a plan uh, Thursday for dealing with future bank bailouts, forcing bondholders and shareholders to take the hits for bank rescues ahead of the taxpayers. The new framework requires bondholders, shareholders and large depositors with over €100,000 to be first to suffer losses when the banks fail. Depositors with less than €100,000 will be protected. Taxpayer funds would be used only as a last resort. Well, they'll do all of it, all of it, folks. I understand each time they steal and get away with it, and then we bail them out. The whole country bails them out because of, because you put down as a guarantor to pay off the debts, you see, by taxation. Uh, then they get bolder and bolder. And if nothing's going to stop them, then naturally it's like any greedy sod is going to keep pushing for more and more, and that's what they're going to do. So now they've made it legal to do it. And it says... In Italy, a zero hedge reported Tuesday, a bail-in is now being organized for the oldest bank in Italy. 
We covered it three weeks ago. We warned that Monsi Pache faces, faces bail in his capital needs points to nation, uh, nationalisation. Although we left open the question of who will get the haircut, including senior bondholders and depositors, given the small size of such debt in the capital structures, today as many as expected in the day following the German elections, the dominoes are finally starting to wobble. And as we predicted, uh, Monte Pache, Italy's oldest and according to many most insolvent banks, quietly commenced a bondholder bail-in after it said that it suspended interest payments on the three hybrid notes following demands by European authorities that bondholders contribute to the restructuring of the bailed-out Italian lender. So it it goes on and on and on. New Zealand, by the way, is also in the same boat. New Zealand government has been discussing implementing a bail-in system to deal with any future major bank failures, and the following comes from the New Zealand news source the national governments are pushing a Cyprus-style solution to bank failure in New Zealand, which will see small depositors lose some of their savings to fund big bank bailouts, the Green Party said today. Open Bank Resolution, OBR, is Finance Minister Bill English's favourite option dealing with a major bank failure. If a bank fails under OBR, all depositors will have their savings reduced overnight. A nice, nice word. It sounds better than stolen, eh? Reduced. To fund the bank's bailout. Bill English is proposing a Cyprus-style solution for managing bank failures here in New Zealand. So, Canada is the same. as all, all this is on the site, actually. Canada as well. And, um, in fact, Canada is all for it. They were in at the very, very start to get it all done. And Canada says Cyprus-style bail-ins are actually proposed in the new Canadian government budget. And when I first heard about this, I was quite sceptical, so I went and looked at it for myself. And guess what? It was right there in black and white in pages 144 and 145 of Economic Action Plan 2013, which Harper government has already submitted to the House of Commons. The new budget actually proposes to implement a bail-in regime for systemically important banks in Canada. So it's called Economic Action Plan 2013 was submitted in March 21st, which means that this bail-in regime was likely being planned long before the crisis in Cyprus ever erupted. And as I think happens in big, big scale in, in, in the world, is, is planned often for years in, in advance, folks. I hope you understand that. We're the last to know about anything. And then the media will filter it down to us as though it's just a, something that politicians had to come up with in an emergency uh, very recently sort of thing. That's how it's done. But, but believe you me, they're going to do it again. I mean, that's part of the plan too for further consolidating power globally. And we need a new institution to give more power to the World Bank, the BIS, the IMF, and all the rest of the big privately owned boys up there that were set up by the Royal Institute of International Affairs, because that's who set them up, you know. The same club that decided to change the whole world and start wars even to get their way. That's, that's a fact, too. They did. They were behind lots of wars. Still are, by the way. And they're a front for something else, of course. Now, this article here, too, is to do with... Uh, this fracas in the Middle East, it keeps going on and on, as we all know. But again, it's, there's no big news to this because it was planned and at least discussed back in the early 90s by the, the PNAC group, Project for New American Century, and then published in about 98. They also published one in about 93 and then republished it in 98. With the same list of countries to be taken out. And we know who was all involved in it, in the setting up of it. Back with more after this. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. Talking about the nonsense in the world. And everything really is nonsensical, because even when truth is exposed, the media will forget it in a week's time and go back to some other story or some other spin on things. But uh, it says here, uh, this is to do with, um, after the United Nations speeches, Israel strikes very to- uh, a weary tone on Iran, it says. So it says, the good news for Israel in President Obama's speech at the United Nations was his insistence that any steps Iran might take to solve the standoff over its nuclear program must be transparent and verifiable. The bad news was that Obama wasn't clear about what those steps should be. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, in a one-minute video posted online Tuesday after the Obama speech to the General Assembly, welcomed the parameters outlined by the President and made clear he wanted to know more. But he also reiterated, reiterated Israeli skepticism that conciliatory gestures by the recently elected president of Iran, Hassan Rouhani, reflects anything more than a skillful charm offensive aimed at easing Western pressure while the pursuit of nuclear weapons continues unimpeded. And it goes on and on and on. But, but you know, Israel's got lots of nuclear weapons and it, and it hasn't signed any non-proliferation treaty with the United Nations. It hasn't allowed any inspectors in either. So, I mean, the whole idea of the nuclear weaponry was, even during the Cold War, was that it was a standoff. It was to stop nations from just being the one bully with one thing, uh, the, the big, big super weapon, and taking over whatever they wanted. You, you just understand. That was, the, that was the whole thing. In fact, that's why they say we never actually went to war with Russia, because no one dared do it. It stopped war. But... um. Israel wants to be the only country uh, in, in, or state, I don't know what they call themselves, over, over there uh, that's got the ability to do this. But as I say, they don't sign anything, they don't inspectors and yada, yada, yada. Uh, so it's just ridiculous, the whole darn thing's ridiculous. But, and then, too, uh, this kowtowing by all, all nations uh, to, to Israel shows that, that tremendous power of the big, big lobby worldwide. Massive power involved in it. But even a child would ask what's fair. Children do that. Children see things and they don't see shades of grey. It's black and white, you know. And, and so they, they ask, well, what, what, why do you do this for this one but not for that one? And so on and so on and so on. But we, we can't get an answer, can we? Can't get an answer. And this goes on and on and on. And remember, too, all the countries have been taken out so far and Syria still to go and Iran were all on the same list of the PNAC group. Back when Bush Jr. was in as president, and we have the same uh, same list actually was published in, in Israeli newspapers as well. And then we find an article like this too. It says a former United Nations ambassador criticizes uh, a New York uh, City hotel who, who hosts Hassan Rouhani, who's over for the talks at the United Nations. So this is a former U.S. ambassador to the U.N. is calling on a prominent New York City hotel to d- deny accommodations Iranian President Hassan Rouhani and his political delegation, uh, which will be in the city next week for the U.N. Uh, General Assembly meeting. So they're, they're telling them not to take them in as guests. 
paying guests. Rouhani and her team of top Iranian diplomats will, will, will purportedly be lodging at the One UN Hotel in downtown New York City, according to former UN Ambassador Mark Wallace, who currently serves as CEO of United Against Nuclear Iran. I mean, this is part of the, 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 the lobby group for Israel, you see. This is and a watchdog group. No other country just united against nuclear Iran. This is it's inappropriate for inappropriate for the U.S. hotel to play host to delegation that has denied the Holocaust, threatened to kill U.S. soldiers, and is secretly pursuing nuclear arms that would likely be used to strike America and Israel. Wallace and Yoni wrote in a letter to the hotel's management. So this is the sort of lobbying that goes on constantly, constantly with special interest groups or self-interested groups. Uh, and, and they put pressure on governments by many, many means. And money is a big part of it to, to do with it too. Big money behind it too. Also, this article is quite interesting because it says, I mean, politicians are politicians. You understand, they don't truly manage things. They, 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 well, they manage their wallets. They keep getting fatter, but uh, they're awfully good at that. But they don't really manage things. As I said, above them are advisors. These are more important than the politicians. And uh, same with presidents. Uh, their, their immediate advisors are in on the big global agenda far more than, than they are too. And all you get is a PR blitz uh, is to elect this guy or that guy. They give fake stories about their upbringing, fake stories about their family life and everything else. It's all fake, fake, fake. And they read their scripts but written by the scriptwriter, and that's that. But it says here, Germany's Green Party leader regrets campaign to legalize paedophilia. You see? So the head of Germany's Green Party has expressed regret about a two-decade-old political pamphlet containing calls to legalize some forms of paedophilia. I wonder what some forms are. And it says, Jürgen Tritton was listed as legally responsible for a 1981 election pamphlet which called for the decriminalization of sex acts between adults and children that occur without the use of threat or force. Uh, it's done by coercion and other means too, and bribery. It's Mr. Tritton, the co-leader of the party for, of a former German environment minister, told a press conference in Berlin Monday, it was also my fault, my responsibility that these mistaken demands endured for so long. He added, this position is false, was false, and lasted too long. Asked how he viewed it then, Mr. Tritton replied, I saw it as problematic. At the time the pamphlet was published, Mr. Titton was a grassroots activist for the Greens. In the mid-1980s, he became a regional MP for the Greens in Lower Saxony. The demand for legalization was withdrawn during the course of the 1980s after campaigning by women's groups within the Green Party. The revelation would be a further blow to the Green Party's election hopes and so on. But uh, it says the party's support for making paedophilia legal only ended in 1990, but the past has haunted them throughout this election campaign. It says, um, he argued at the press conference that the party's view on paedophilia was shaped by the campaign against paragraph 175, the provision of the German criminal code that made homosexuality illegal. This was abolished in 1994, it says. He says in the founding phase of the Green Greens, gays and lesbian groups were campaigning to reverse discrimination of a kind you can hardly imagine today. The impetus for liberalization and decriminalization overshot its target. It overshot its target, eh? Going for children. And it overshot because there was the fiction that beyond violence and abuse of a relationship of trust, there could be sexual relations between adults and children. 
The Greens announced earlier this year that they would set up an inquiry into their, I was going to see their kinks with pedophile groups links, uh, following a row over a Green MEP Daniel Con Bendit's apparent endorsement of sex with children. Well, some of them are still pushing for it. The first report of the inquiry published last month included the Greens set barely any boundaries on sexual relations between teachers, carers, uh, uh, and their charges, or between adults and children. Daniel Kohn, a bandit, a student leader in the 1960 unrest in Paris, claimed in a 75 book that he interacted sexually with children while working at a kindergarten. The remarks came to light again this year when he was awarded a prize by the Theodor Huss Foundation, which honours West Germany's first president. He subsequently insisted that he was not a paedophile and had made the remarks solely in order to shock bourgeois society, being a good commie and all that. The Greens, and so it goes on and on and on. But the fact is, uh, I mean, nothing shocks folk anymore because you've been degraded uh, morally uh, over uh, by a deliberate course of action. And I've talked many, many times about the Frankfurt School and what their publications and the books they put out too. And they were rather blatant about destroying all Western values and cultures and so on. And European values, absolutely. Even in America, they, they see them, they saw them as European values. And they were going to destroy them too because they didn't, they didn't belong to those countries. Even though they were maybe born in some of them. But the thing is that this was the agenda. It's been awfully successful. Last night I talked about the article. One of, one of the, the articles was to do with, um, this new, um, uh, sex box thing on, in Britain. BBC's bringing out Channel 4, uh, where they're going to have li- couples having live sex, uh, uh, in these boxes, supposedly. And I'll go on and on from there because eventually everything's to be, all, all taboos have to be destroyed totally, including sex with children, by the way. And I said that years ago, you're going to see live sex on TV, even in comedy shows will have it eventually until you'll yawn because people adapt so, so amazingly fast. And then they get into all the kinky stuff because nothing satisfies them anymore. And you get sadomasochism and so on and so on. Talking of that, by the way, this was an article from Britain. It says, Village Hall trustees ban bondage group from holding flogging workshop after being told the event was a relationship support group meeting. Trumpington Hall, a village hall near Cambridge was set to host uh, all day BDSM. I had to look up the D part, I wasn't quite sure it was, but it's to do with bondage and discipline, they call it, sadomasochism workshop on October 12th. The £10 a, a day cost included sessions in spanking, flogging, erotic hypnosis and a 30-minute class on nipples. Uh, and, it's, and it's offered tea, biscuits and sandwiches and crisps throughout. But now the event has been cancelled by the venue's application was made under false pretenses. They said they were there for a, a kind of um, relationship course, discussion relationships. Back with more after this. Folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, reading about one of these oops stories where a local uh, town hall had actually booked a uh, sadomasochist bunch uh, workshop for, 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 for these weirdos. Uh, and um, and they misrepresented themselves, being saying that they were for adult uh, relationship discussion group, basically. 
and, and it's quite amazing too what, what's, I mean, this is what folks into after watching a whole lifetime of television getting worse and worse and worse in movies and so on because that's the, that's the agenda folks you know that is the agenda you understand in ancient times certain peoples ruled over all the pagans because of the, of the, pig, the pagan habits and so on and when you want to bring down uh, peoples and rule over them that's what you do you degrade them they don't know they're even being degraded but uh, it's, it's happened. It's already happened when, when you think about it. Um, I mean, there's far more abortions than ever before now, and 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 it's, it's just every, every city in the U.S., Britain, everywhere, it's just burning them up every day, you know, or selling their parts off because there's always a profit and death, you know, in this money system, and those that run it, and, and also you have, um, you, you eventually get even sadomasochism. And so on, uh, along with the uh, uh, sex box uh, stuff that's coming out now on BBC, live sex. You, you get them uh, adult and, and, and children sex eventually too. It's all going that way because you adapt and adapt. And those, as you're getting perverted, you understand. That's what it is. You're getting perverted. Uh, then you, you need you need more and more. It's like a, an addict on on cocaine or whatever. They need more and more all the time. And and then actually, it's so easy to rule you and dominate you. By those who know how to do it, and governments and so on. But it's happening. What can you say? It's absolutely it's happening, and it's pretty well done. It's too late, actually. And remember too what um, Theo Adorno from the Frankfurt School said. He says, right down. He says to when we have necrophilia, it won't be enough. Then when when you have necrophilia, as we destroy the cultures, it won't be enough. He said in his books. That's pretty well here. And you want to save, you think you want to save this, don't you? You think you want to save your systems? It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. You want to save your systems. Also, this article too, to do with, um, kickbacks, of course. Kickbacks is normal in today's society and all business and higher business. And it says here, two quotes from the, the library scandal. It says, it says, derivative broker number one says, this has came out to do with the LIBOR scandals, fixing the, the rigging the rates for banking. Uh, broker one says, make six million go lower. Uh, they're going up. And the senior yen trader says, we'll buy you a Ferrari next year if you move three million up and no change to six, six million. And it's with the dates that these statements were made by uh, text messages uh, that were all uh, intercepted and so on by personal mobile phones. The yen desk heads uh, says, Lord Bailiff, I would suggest a lunch over uh, over Golden Week, Monday or Tuesday if you're around. As for kickbacks, etc., we can discuss that at lunch, and I will speak to senior yen trader about it next time he comes up for a chat. And um, this is an introducing Lord Liber, ICAP's own Colin Goodman, who seems to have only one connection on LinkedIn, perhaps to King Eurodollar. And it goes on and on and on. But it's it's not a bad article to do with normal business. And this goes on amongst politicians too. And all you have to see, I've read the articles here, who puts most of the politicians in the US and in Britain as well now. It's the same bunch. Small clique. Bought and paid for, you know, democracy, really. Democracy. Quite something. Also, you can also watch outright theft at times under many guises. I mean, it's just like robbing the public when the banks pretend to fail. And it says, Judge rules that feds have right to seize Fifth Avenue Tower tied to Iran, largest asset seizure in U.S. history. 
So the, the feds accused the building owners of foundation with ties to the Iranian government. What do, mean, what do you mean ties to the Iranian government? Of funding rent proceeds back to Iran. Do you understand that, 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 that you've got these foundations all over the planet, in every country, all kinds of them, funding money back to all kinds of places if any interest goes to it or there's any investment at all. You'd be surprised with some investment in Canada and so on it happens to be right now, by the government even. It says the buildings at 52nd Street and 5th Avenue, one of the most sought-after addresses in the city, I bet it is. Selling it might fetch upwards of $700 million for the families of victims of Iran-aided terror attacks. So the judge handed um, the Iranian-owned Fifth Avenue office building in New York to the government Monday. And um, it says here that uh, handed down by Manhattan federal judge Catherine Forrest, the decision is, is subject to appeal, the Daily News noted, but the ruling came only days out before a separate private lawsuit was to con- commence an attempt to seize the building on behalf of the victims. The court has found that based on incontroversial record evidence, rent money was funneled to a state-run Iranian bank, making it a front for the, the government of Iran. The assets at issue are subject to forfeiture, Judge Forrest concluded. A real estate appraiser told Daily News the building was snared at just the right time. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? You don't realize this, what they're telling you here is the cover story. This probably took a bit chatting and bribery and so on for about a year for all the different people to get together to, to try and, and steal this, this tower, which they've done successfully. And they've got people on board and the government and everything else for it to happen and get some flimsy story. To, not bad, eh? There's outright theft there, right there. If you knew where some of the people's money from the U.S. W- w- was invested all over the world, you'd maybe be shocked yourselves. It's just ast- astonishing what goes on and people never question it. They never question it. Ah, well, a U.S. census report shows entrenched poverty and declining living standards in the U.S. And it says that the the, the actual uh, report was released Tuesday called uh, Income Poverty and Health Insurance Coverage in the United States. And it makes a mockery of President Barack Obama's claims to be restoring security and opportunity for the middle class in the wake of the 2008 financial breakdown. Report provides snapshot of society in immense crisis. Poverty is at near genera- uh, generation high of 15%, close to the high point since 1965 war on poverty. The 15.2% rate reached in 1983. According to Tuesday's report, 46.5 million Americans, including 9.5 million families, live in poverty. Some 20.4 million people live on an income less than 50% of the official poverty line. 7.1 million of these being children under 18, more than 48 million remain without health insurance. More than 31% of the population experienced some period of impoverishment during the years 2009 to 11, and median household income at $51,017 was slightly lower than in 2011 and down by 8.3% from 2007. Despite more than four years of so-called recovery, American society remains plagued by mass deprivation and entrenched poverty. And I think this is slightly to go down the hill. It's interesting, if you look at some ancient Egypt, you found, and, and, and from then on actually, you found that there was a dominant minority running the country. And they, they lived in incredible wealth that you could not imagine, even today, uh, those people. 
with massive mansions and buildings and so on. And they were surrounded by incredible poverty. Incredible poverty, these cities. And in the cities, too, there was a mayhem with prostitution. There was even forms of drugs because they'd opened back then, too. And so on and so on and so on. And down through time, it's the same thing you'll see where the, the kings, the kings of cash are settled. You'll find the same, same things again. Same MO, you know. Same MO. Massive of poverty, but a minority with incredible, credible wealth. And of course, the minority gives you your, your whole culture, your TV, everything. Which always makes things seem pleasant and normal, doesn't it? This is normal, all the happy smiling faces on television. So much different from reality, doesn't it? Isn't it? That's great, great con. Also, the U.S. subpoenas records of five Philadelphia judges. The corruption is everywhere. Federal prosecutors and FBI agents have subpoenaed financial information from five Philadelphia judges uh, who sought campaign donations records and interviewed judges and political figures as part of a wide-ranging investigation over the last few years. It says, the financial disclosures of Angela Roca, along with those of four other judges, have been subpoenaed to do with, uh, again, fixing cases for cash. Pay-to-play, they called it. This is the country with, uh, that's the light of the world. From Hamish from South Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>